0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You came out on Wednesday night to hear faith, so that's where we're headed. So go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, if you were here last week, we were in part of this last week. And I I got in such a hurry, and I'm sorry for doing that. But I got in a hurry that I I missed a bunch of things. So we're going to go back and look at it. I'm going to... I'm going to slow down just a little bit in this area because I believe it's, it's so important that we learn this. Why is it so important? Well, the Lord said in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I've got to have faith to please him, I better start understanding faith. I've got to get a hold of this, and I've got to get this in me, and, and I begin to live by faith. We, we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. So now we pick up again. In the book of of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Now remember, he's talking here to the Israelites. And he had brought them out of a life of bondage. And they've been in bondage forever. And he brings them out and he wants to be good to them. So watch this here in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise uh, remains of entering his rest. Since a promise remains. Now, there's a promise there for every one of us in here to enter his rest. And, and the thing is, we've got to understand about the promise of God. According to 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yea and in Jesus amen. So ever that means, the word a means, amen means so be it. So all of the promises in God are yes and so be it. So it's like when God promises something, Jesus gives his signature on it and says, so be it. So here's the key with that. If, if God promises that, that's to us. And this is what he's saying here. There was still a promise that remains to them. So he goes on to say, let us fear, least any of you seem to have come short of it. We've come short of what? We've come short of the, the promises. So you know what this tells me right here? We're living beneath what God didn't want us. So God said, man, I've got these promises. I want you to walk in these things, but you're falling short of it. Keep reading here, verse 2. For indeed the gospel, the word of God, the Bible, was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Now remember, we were here last week. Some of you may not have been. The Word of God did not profit them, but it said they heard the Word. And so according to Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So he said they heard the Word of God, but it didn't profit them, or better stated, it did them no good. Why? Okay. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Not being mixed with faith. So yes, I've got to hear the word of God. But just because I hear the word of God, just because I'm able to tell you this verse is here and here and here, that doesn't mean it will profit me unless I get over and I receive it or I mix it with faith. So now we got to go back and we got to ask ourselves, what is faith? Well, when you get born again, it's a result of hearing about what Jesus did for you, and according to Romans 10:9 and 10, he said that you will believe with the heart and confess with your mouth. And so one of the definitions I believe of faith is believing and speaking. And so uh, Matthew 12:34 says, "Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak." So again, when you look at this here, in order for me to receive those promises, man, i got to get my heart aligned with it. But then my mouth will reveal things. You want to locate yourself? Just listen to what you say. Just listen. And if you can't just listen to yourself, then let your spouse listen for you. Now, you do that, you better get ready, Okay. And so again, we've got to heed the word of God. So it's one thing for me to hear it. Again, I've got to get into the word. And I get into the word, God will get into me. So again, how does that word be released? I begin to speak. So now we jump back to Mark eleven twenty three, And he said, whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he will have whatever he says. So again, here's the deal. I begin to find out in my own life, I've got to get my mouth in line with the Word of God. One of the definitions for the word rhema, it means the spoken word. You want the Word to come alive in your life? Start speaking it. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Now, back to the book of Numbers where we ended last week. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. Now man, this this is an incredible passage to me. If you were to see my Bible in this place, I have this thing marked up and marked up and marked up. So, what happens here is you're turning there. In Numbers 13, verse 2, God promised them a land. He had promised them. Actually, let me just read that to you so you hear what he said. He said, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. So what happens there is Moses selects 12 men. They go, up to, they go up to spy out the land. So this is where we're picking up again. Uh, Numbers 13, verse 25. And they, the 12, returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses as Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They, the 12 spies, brought back word to them and all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. I want you to see what was taking place right there. Not only did they speak to them, and they tell them, they said, hey, looky here, here's the fruit. So it was literally show and tell. Not just their words, but they said, look what we brought back. Verse 27. Then they, all 12 of them, told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So now these 12, and all 12 of them, witnessed exactly what God said. God said, I'm going to give you a land that flows with milk and honey. They come back and they said, listen, boys, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. In our life, or our paraphrased version that, it's blessed. It's incredible. It's more than we could ask or thank. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Verse 28, nevertheless, some translations, the word nevertheless is referenced but. Nevertheless or but, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And so by what they saw, it changed what God's promise was. God never did say, listen, fellas, if you go up there and you see these descendants of, of Goliath there, it's going to change everything. He never said that. He specifically said, you go and it'll be a land that flows with milk and honey, but you got to go. And so the going on their part was the obedience. Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the bites, the Moabites. All the ites are in there. lot of ites. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said. Now listen to his confession of faith. Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. The word able there means we have the capacity to prevail and deceive, so this guy named Caleb, he voiced something that was very unpopular with the people, even though what he voiced God had already told him that. and so he took an unpopular stand. Now one of the reasons I want to highlight this, you start obeying the word of God, there's going to be resistance. Don't always think you're going to win a popularity contest by doing that. And so when you look at what Caleb said here, understand this. That Caleb and Joshua, they saw the same walled cities and they saw the same giants that the other ten saw. But the other ten brought back what it says was an evil report. But he said, we are well able to overcome. We're well able to. So again, he's still putting his trust in God. So when you look at this, Caleb and Joshua had surveyed the land just like everybody else. But what I want you to notice here, their faith wasn't blind. Faith does not deny the reality or the difficulty, but it does declare the power of God in the face of difficulties. It's important we know that, okay? In no way am I saying you act like it doesn't exist, it's not a problem. So we keep reading. Verse 31. But, uh-oh, uh-oh. Do you know those butts are faith killers? But the men who gone up with him said, they said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Now, guess what happens? They begin to paint a picture by the words of their mouth. They said, here's the deal. Two of them said we can, ten of them say we can't. Do you know all twelve of them are right? The ten who said we can, they're right, and the ten or the two who said they can are right, but the ten that said we're right too. He goes on to say in verse 32. And gave the children of Israel a bad or a negative report of the land which they had spied out. The land though which we have gone to spies is the land that it devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. Now oftentimes, human opinion or humans they, they listen to the opinions of the majority of people. Here's the deal guys. You can't measure this by the opinion of people. So what I begin to see in this right here, we're going to be the same as the Israelites. You're either going to believe the word of people, or you're going to believe the word of God. And it becomes a decision with every one of us. And I can live by the buts, but, 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 or I can live by and say, this is what God said. Now he goes on to say in verse 33, There we saw the giants, the descendants of Annie came from the giants, and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. Now, if you catch that, he said, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. God never said that. That's what they begin to say over themselves. So in reading this, if I'm not careful, I begin to limit what God wants to do. Have I ever done that? Yes, we all have. And so because of the words of doubt and unbelief that they spoke, it began to create or paint a picture within every one of them. We can't do it. We can't do it. Chapter 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices, cried out, and people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained. Now let me ask you this. What would be the greatest... Indicator of someone who complained. The words of our mouth. So these ones begin to voice doubt and unbelief. And just like them, if I start a voice in doubt and unbelief, that's what I'm going to gravitate toward. That's why it's so important that I continually speak the word of God. They complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or only if we had died in this wilderness. This, this is crazy to me to hear someone say this. We would have been better off dying. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Now if you go back and look what they came out of in Egypt. They were in bondage. They had nothing. And God said I want to bless you. I want to take care of you. And that's how we are many times. We would rather go back to that bondage and the things we lacked instead of saying Father God I'm going to trust you. Does it take faith? Yeah, it takes faith to step out. But when God promises something, he means it. So he goes on to say, So they said to one another, Let us select the leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes. This was a sign of grief of sorrow. Can can you imagine them looking at them and saying, Come on, guys, come on. This is how tore up they were. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Now, what what I'm going to read in here, because I don't have time to do this. But Joshua and Caleb... They stood their ground in faith for over 40 years. For them to actually possess what God had promised them was 40 years. Now as I read that, I have this thought. Though delays may come, do I hang on to faith? Now I looked at that and I thought... Man, I get impatient after four hours. But these guys' faith in what God said was so strong. Do you know they were the only two of those that got to go in? And so they never wavered from their faith. And so I'm sitting there thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? There's things I've prayed for 30, 40 years of my life. And you know what? I've never seen them come to fruition, but I'm still speaking. So when I read this here, I go all the way back to to early uh, 2018, early in January. And the Lord spoke this into my heart. I'm sitting there reading. He said, 2018 will be a year that you speak to the mountain. And you keep speaking to the mountain. And you keep speaking to the mountain. You speak to it and you speak to it and you speak to it. And so there's times right now in my day, I'll hear the Lord say, Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. So one of my pastor friends was telling me the other day there was a situation in his life that he began to speak to the mountain. And he said, I spoke to it and I spoke to it. And he said, out of, out of a week, he said at least five days a week, if not all seven days of the week, he said, I'd get up and I'd speak to that mountain. I'd speak to it in Jesus' name. I'd speak the promises of God. He said, I didn't see anything happen Until a year later. And he said, you know what I saw happen? The exact thing that I was speaking to the mountain started taking place right before my eyes. Now, here's the question. Are you willing to take that step of faith? Are you willing to hold fast? Because again, when I look at these guys, 40 years. Look at verse 11 of this same chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you, will these people reject me? Now listen to what he says here. And how long will they not believe me? So was he telling me right here? When I don't believe what God has told me? It's as if I'm rejecting God. And it's like God looks and says, man, I've, I've made all these promises for you. But you've got to hang in here with me. Now, go with me to the book of Romans, chapter number 3. And as you're turning there, here's what I begin to see with with the the story that we just read. You're going to Romans 3. There were 12 spies. Ten were negative and full of doubt and unbelief. Two were full of positive and faith. Now, as I looked at this, here's the question I asked myself. Who do I run with? Do I run with the ten? Or do I run with the two who are firm on the Word of God? Here's a better question for you. Who do you listen to? Do I listen to the ten? Or do I listen to the ones who say, this is what the Word of God says? And we can try to to, to divide this any way we want it. We're going to follow the pattern of one of those two. I don't care who we are. And so it comes to this, that I, I have to come to a place in my life where I say, not what does my friend say, not what the experts say, what does God say? What does God say? And then do I hold fast to it? So for 40 years, these guys would probably come up to Joshua and Caleb and say, you, you guys still believe and we're going to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. And I'll guarantee you, you know what they said? You watch the days coming. We'll go. We'll go. They never wavered. You know what I said? I said, Lord, I, I, I need that, that Caleb and that Joshua faith. And he said, just begin to trust me. Just begin to believe me. Romans 3, verse 1. What advantage then has the Jew... Or what profit or difference of the circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly, to them were committed the oracles of God. So what he just said here, the biggest difference with the Jews and the others at that time, that they were given the word of God. They were given the scriptures. Did it make a big change or a big difference? Absolutely. That was the difference. So he goes on to say, For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? So it was said in another way. Their unfaithfulness doesn't cancel out God's faithfulness. So when he asked the question here, does their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Certainly not. The faithfulness of God is not dependent on whether we receive it or not. Now, this happens to me year ago, years ago, years ago, years ago. I pull up to this stoplight, and I look at this bumper sticker, and it says, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And so I'm sitting there looking at that scripture, and right there the thought comes from the Lord. I said it, and whether you're not, you believe it or not, it's settled. It's, it's a done deal. Whether you believe it or not, it's written. It's in there, it's never going to change. So to a degree, this is what he's saying to us. So he goes on to say, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. So again, now I come to the place, do I rely on human opinion or do I lie on the word of God? Because only God is proven true. As it is written, the word of God, that you may be justified in your words. Wow. The word justify there means to be proved right. So he said, you want to be justified? It happens by your words. So now I've got to ask myself this question. What am I speaking out of my mouth? What am I saying? So now I got to get back into agreement with the word of God. And I stand and I stand. And he ends this and says, and, may, and they may overcome which you are judged. And so God says, man, I'm going to declare you innocent just because you've been justified by your words. So I begin just to speak the word of God. I continually speak the word of God. I continually speak the word of God. And I got one last scripture. Go with me to the book of Second Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1. I got to speak the word. I don't care who you are, begin to speak the word. Keep speaking. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your circumstances. I mean, it's, it's a great gift that God's given us. The power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So again, my words are declared so much. My words begin to paint a picture. My words are that of of doubt and unbelief, or my words are words of faith. Now watch this verse here. 2 Timothy 1, verse 13. Hold fast. The Amplified says, hold fast and follow The pattern of sound words. Wow. So when I see the word hold fast, that means, man, I I can't let go of them. Hold fast the pattern of sound words. So again, you know what he's revealing right here? It's the power of my words. And he says, what you have heard from me in faith. And love which you are in Christ Jesus. So I'm sitting here and I'm reading this right here today. Hold fast the pattern of sound words. So I begin to look at the cross references off of this. This word where he says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words. It's cross referenced into 3 John verse 2. You know what 3 John verse 2 says? Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So now what is he telling me? What would happen if I begin to hold fast to that and I be just begin to walk through the day and I say, Man, Father God, I thank you today. Woo! That That, that above all things that I prosper and I be in health as my soul prospers. So you know what I've started speaking over my mind right there that I'm prospering in every venue of my life spirit soul and body. So when he says that my soul prospers that's my mind my memories and my emotions everything that I've needed he said right there. So guess what happens now I have the choice do I hold fast do I hold on to that. And so that promise right there is a promise that he made for every one of us in this room there's still promises But if I don't receive them and mix it with faith, it will not profit me. So now, here's the homework assignment. I double-dog dare you. Start speaking that. Start praying those things. Start saying those things over yourself. Start praying those in your house. Start speaking, I thank you today, my kids are prospering, being in health as their soul prospers. I thank you, they're blessed. And so what I begin to do is just speak the word, I speak the word, I speak the word. And so I'll end with this. This is the power of the word of God. He said in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God, it's alive and it's powerful. But it becomes alive when my heart comes in green and I start speaking it. So I am a result, I am a product of the reign of the spoken word of God. I am a living product of that. What do you mean, Pastor? I'm telling you guys, I was bound by alcohol, not a little bit. I was a slobbering drunk. You know, I know most of you look at me like, Pastor, we can't even imagine you that way. Well, thank God. But that's how it was and I got a hold of the word of God. And I just begin to speak that I said, "Lord, I thank you." This is Colossians 1, 12 and 13. It says in Colossians 1:12, he said that we have been qualified partakers of the inheritance in light. So guess what? I got an inheritance that Jesus gave me. And then in Colossians 1:13, he says, "I delivered you out of the power of darkness." So I said, "That's me." I got an inheritance he delivered me. And so it would, be, it would like, be like me coming to Paul today and say, I got it. You got an inheritance. And he'd say, I do? And I'd say, yeah. And he'd say, what is it? And I'd say, it's a million dollars. Ah! But I got a better inheritance. Yes, I mean, he's saying, call those things that be not as there. Keep speaking that over me, Pastor. But I'd say, Paul, you got an inheritance. You know what that inheritance is? He's delivered you out of the power of darkness. So now we can go around the room. What's darkness look like? Well, you fill in the blank. Every one of us have been bound by certain things. So I just begin to speak that, and I spoke it, and I spoke it, and I spoke it until my spoker would get off track, and then I'd speak it some more. I'd speak it, and I'd speak it, speak it. I bind, I loose, I rebuke, I pray. I bind, I loose, I rebuke. Man, I'd just go at it. And I'd speak, I'd speak, I'd speak. So the thing is, you have the same right to those promises I do. And I'm telling you, before long, God first started taking out the little prune and cleave. And then before long, he'd get out the chainsaw, ah! He really cut a big chunk off me. And man, he keeps doing that. And so before long, you start walking exactly as you speak it. So when people tell me the word of God doesn't work, well, you got to go back and say, you got the faith of Caleb? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com.